Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanis. This week on Shining Bright, we're talking pivoting, changing, adapting, and doing it all gracefully. We're talking in studio with farmer Jenny Quiner about our farm her story and the evolution of her farm business, ways that she has assessed her organization, and when she decided it was time for a change. On Shining Bright by Farmher, Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Hello, hello, and welcome to Shining Bright. We are uh, tearing into a new year here, and uh, in that note, we're going to dredge up some stuff that we went through last year, because <laughs> <Right>. why not? <laughs> this like permeates through, right? Like it You does. pick up the pieces that you learn. So Erin yeah. is here in the studio with me. Hello. Hello. And Jenny Quiner. Hello. Welcome, Jenny. Thank so you. if you are like a, like a devout listener to Shining Bright, you've heard Jenny on here before. Um, but Jenny, why don't you start out by telling us just a little bit about yourself? Like, um, uh, I'd love to know like where you're from, like, Mm -hmm. do you have a farming background? What led you into farming? Jenny is, is a farm her. So, yeah, well, I'm actually from Des Moines here in Iowa and I own and operate dog patch urban gardens, which is an urban farm. Uh, it's technically in Des Moines, but we're in County city limits. It's kind of a weird setup. Yeah. But yeah. I know the area that you're in. And yeah. It is a unique area. Right? Exactly. Little, exactly. Unique, yeah. um, I actually uh, don't have a farming background. I grew up in the suburb of Des Moines. My mom's a nurse. My dad's a businessman. And my kind of background is more health. And then I had a master's of education. So I taught for quite some time at a local high school and was just kind of had three little boys and felt compelled to something else. And it all just kind of unfolded in this way where it's like oh we want to start this farm in this in our neighborhood to build community and it's just grown from there and it's been a really fun experience for us did you have somebody in your world that like you saw or you were engaged with that made you like think i want to start a farmer was it more from the food focus for you guys or mm-hmm. where i mean i realized like the land piece then fell into place too probably yeah i would almost say it's kind of this entrepreneurial focus mm-hmm. uh my husband is a serial entrepreneur and i've kind of figured out that I am too. Um, not there's like an addiction it. to it, right? It, it's so true. You like, it, there's something about running your own business and seeing your things be successful and being able to pivot and alter. And it's really quite enjoyable. Um, so like in the farming world, I didn't have like this specific mentor internally. Uh, I taught environmental science in high school oh, yeah. and loved, loved teaching about the local food system. So I, I had an interest there. Uh, I would say like my my big picture mentor is Curtis Stone out of Canada, and he's an urban farmer that creates a ton of content. So he kind of got us inspired to then start our farm. Mm-hmm. Good job, Curtis. Yeah. Um, you and Aaron have this in, in I, I forgot, you guys both have um, high school teaching in mm-hmm. your background. Yes. So nice. yes. you bond over previous life stories oh my gosh Uh uh-huh we were just on lots of stories different um podcast erin erin was saying that um you know like her ability to like face uh, Mm -hmm. confront an issue head-on probably came from teaching high school classroom you don't have a choice no No, classroom management Mm -hmm. i felt like it was my survival yes Mm -hmm. yeah yes you you learn the uh importance of proximity yeah the closer right. you stand to a high school kid the more they're like oh no oh what did i do wrong <laughs> I'm in trouble. that is so you, true like, feel it radiating off them too oh, oh my god yeah. they're like just sitting there and then they're like oh, mm-hmm. tensing up mm-hmm. <laughs> yep oh my goodness uh okay so uh dog patch urban gardens um what year did you start it like tell me a little bit about getting going in it like yeah yeah so we just finished up our fourth farming season uh, so we bought the land, what it would have been fall of 2015, and then spent the fall and the winter kind of prepping it and seeds in the ground were in 2016. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's urban. So the land that we own, it's one acre total. Uh, this past season at our plot, we grew on about a fourth of an acre. So it's not like we're growing on a ton of land. Yeah. Uh, but we do have some neighbors a couple blocks away that gave us about an eighth of an acre. And then the woman directly across the street from us is uh, basically you know, quote unquote, renting us land next season, but we're paying her in produce. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be doubling our growth space next year. Okay. Which is when you're at a small scale, when you go from, yeah, from a fourth of an acre to a half of an acre, that's a big deal. Significant. Yeah. 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 
And so your business model from the start, um, tell, tell us what, like, how do people get your food? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're pretty specific on the crops that we grow. We're focusing on salad greens. Um, and the main thing is because there's a market for them where we are in Des Moines, but also profitability. Uh, it's a very high value crop and we're able to turn over the land to get multiple planting successions with greens. Uh, so that's kind of our main market, uh, in terms of sales avenue, we uh, basically built an on-site farm stand where people could come to us. So the fact that we're urban was very advantageous because mm-hmm. we're, there's a lot of population, you know. And so instead of us uh, packing up and going to markets, you know, multiple times a week, we thought, well, let's just have a building and bring people to us. So that was our number one sales uh, source in 2019. And it was kind of like a diversified grocery store of locally sourced items. So mm-hmm. we sold what we grew, but since we don't grow a ton... We bought from other farmers oh, right. and so on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So there, there's more to discuss. So that kind of lays the ground for uh, why you started it. Mm-hmm. And um, which I, I, no matter who, no matter what, no matter where, I always think it's interesting, like what the, what leads us down this path to mm-hmm. jump into something. And, and you jumped into something so very different from what you were doing before it too, we right? We dove in. So, yeah. <laughs> Head first. <laughs> yep. Head first. Okay. So stick with us. We're going to, we're going to keep swimming in the deep end over here with Jenny when we come back. We are back here on Shining Bright, and um, the the title of this episode is called Gracefully Pivoting, and uh, that's why I said in the beginning, um, we, uh, I, I guess it's bold of me to say I gracefully pivoted, <laughs> or Farmer gracefully pivoted last year, but you know, we made some major changes in our organization, and um, really, like, when, when I look back on it, it was... A, a variety of things from like a need standpoint within myself personally and, you know, just stepping back and looking at the business and then using like financial tools and looking at it from a very like black and white perspective too. And so all that bubbled up and we decided that we could not continue to do all of those events anymore. Um, we still share the stories. We still talk to people. We still put our stuff Far and wide out there, but but that one piece that was taking up a lot of our time and causing us, quite honestly, like a lot of um, uh, stress, stress, yeah, work. like uh, overwhelming. Uh, can you mm-hmm. imagine what my face looks like right mm-hmm. now? Right, yeah. Um, those things, you know, and, and it was kind of time to look at the business and say, okay, what's what's kind of like version two point Yeah. Um, but so you know that that was our pivot through that, and so um. You ha- have brought us up to the point in your business where, um, you know, you started it and you built this farm stand, which by the way, you went through, um, like a lot with this farm stand, yes, right? Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? We, we dealt with some regulatory hiccups, mm-hmm. uh, because, and, and I will say that we're this new type of business to our County. And so when we'd ask them questions and they'd answer and guide us, there was it was kind of really know. It was kind of really subjective. Yeah. yeah. And so what ended up happening is they they regulated us as a farm stand, which generally farm stands are like people selling corn out of their pickup truck. Right. Yeah. And uh, which was great. We did that for two years. And then we applied for something called a conditional use permit. And in our area, we're zoned residential. And so mm-hmm. in order for us to be able to host events, uh, we needed this conditional use permit. And what ended up happening is other people in the county started to get eyes on our business and they're like, whoa, that's not a farm stand. That's a commercial business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people are coming in and yeah. out of our store, yep. which then meant we had to be up to commercial code and we had to add public restrooms and we had to oh, have wow. ADA compliance. Mm-hmm. And it was just this snowball mm-hmm. of unfortunate events. And costs. And costs. And costs. Yes. Yeah. Costs, costs, costs. Yes. That was a big, uh, that was a hurdle for the business because it basically doubled our startup costs. And for a small urban farm, it's not like we're just rolling in the cash, you know? So uh, we actually ran a successful Kickstarter campaign, which was great because we were able to tell our story Mm -hmm. and build community. So that was awesome. Yeah. Your your farm became very visible at that point. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think from a, from bad perspective at all. I mean, it wasn't, it was, you know, just this, the situation, like you said, this this hiccup of of 
stuff that was kind of new exactly. and uh, undealt with before. It was it was a big learning curve for us as business owners, owners, but also the county. For the county. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're still, uh, we actually just about a month ago got our occupancy permit, which would be, was like two years in the making. So wow. the county basically signed off on us, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like they're not going anywhere and mm-hmm. we're trying to just be able to work together with right. them. And we're, we're figuring out how to communicate. They are too. So things are much better. Uh, but we kind of pioneered the way for other people who mm-hmm. want to do it in our area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good job. Yes. <laughs> Whether you meant to or not. Exactly. Right. Here we are now. Yeah. So I uh, question in the, in talking about like the evolution of a business was um, having those events and having that farm stand always part of your vision. When Like when you first started the farm, were you just going to grow greens and sell them at a farmer's market or like, tell me a little bit yeah. about how you evolved to that point. Mm-hmm. So I, in, in the business realm of things, I tend to think like in the moment and my husband's big picture. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good balance. Good combo. Yeah, it is. Uh, because when we were even like building out the farm, he's like, well, you can't just have a shed. You have to have this massive farm stand. And I was like, oh, that's so much. And now it's like, oh, we need a bigger farm stand, you know? <laughs> right. So uh, he is good at seeing the bigger picture. Cause I was thinking, oh, you know, we'll sell greens to restaurants and the local mm-hmm. farmer's market and that'll be good. And he was just like, that's a hobby. You know, yeah. you can't run a successful business. I'm just that. Yeah. You need to be able to make money. And so then as the business started to grow, where we saw the, uh, the idea of agritourism definitely jumped out in our head, mm-hmm. especially because of our location and having a lot of population around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my husband has a background in the music world. And so we've had these ideas of, you know, like music at the farm or yeah. hosting yoga at the farm. Uh, and our big events that we added last year were farm to table dinners. Mm-hmm. We called it farm stand to fork. And those were a huge success. Mm-hmm. So as we look towards next year, we're actually going to add another dinner um, and just bring people to the farm. The experience of our farm is really what people are kind of yearning for. Yep. And so we found that little niche there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So as, as you've uh, grown and expanded and, and um, you learned like uh, alongside running this business and growing this business, you have been the primary farmer, right? Like Correct. tell me a little bit about the help that you've had mm-hmm. um, in growing the vegetables yeah. that are, are the farm. Yeah, piece, no, right? it's been actually fun to see kind of our field labor evolve over the four years. So starting off, it was just kind of me. And then actually a, a family member had was helping me. And then um, there was a local woman who would help me about part-time Last season, this is really kind of cool. I had a woman named Jill. She moved here from St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, to basically almost like an intern setup, but it was paid and everything um, to basically learn the ins and outs of urban farming. And so now she's starting her own farm back home in St. Louis. That's great. And then uh, coincidentally to go with that, uh, Kyle worked for me. He moved here from Arizona in July and worked for me from July till the end of the season. And now he's starting his own urban, urban farm in Iowa well, City. look at that. And so spreading the love. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that because we have like a training center. We've kind of unintentionally become yeah. this incubator farm, right? which I think is so great because I, that. we need more urban farms mm-hmm. um, and just people using unused land for yeah. food. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, with my teaching background, I was saying, here comes your teaching. It, exactly. <laughs> it comes full circle there. Yep, it and, totally does. And, and I'm not saying I'm a perfect uh, mentor or anything, but like when we're in the field that there's a lot of things I've picked up in the years that I can help spread that knowledge yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, with, with the people who've come to your farm and, and worked for you, worked with you, learned from you, do you, um, make your focus on the business side of it as evident to them? Because there is this kind of, um, you know, whether, whether it's a generational farm and it's been handed down through the generations, like there's this emotional attachment there's, Mm -hmm. or whether you start growing food because you care about the food or whatever that is, like there's this, um, like, idealistic this passion mm-hmm. yeah this yeah. passion and then you, you got to have sustainability there's right, the business right? side yeah. of it and uh, mm-hmm. i mean think for us that was very evident last year right of we are passionate about mm-hmm. getting in front of people and being with people and mm-hmm. talking to them and yeah. uh with them and engaging with them yeah but the number of people the amount of time and effort and money that it took us to be able to do that for the number of people that we could reach with that for our business business model, like it just wasn't sustainable, no. you know? And, and so you, you're like, yeah, this feels good. It feels Gosh, it good. It feels great. Yeah, you know? It fills and, your bucket. And I love what we're doing, but uh-huh. um, like, can it stand on its own legs for not just today or tomorrow, but next year yeah. and then the year after. And so do you have that discussion with these uh, younger, I yeah. assume they're younger farmers. Yeah. Most, and most of them are actually Jill is a little bit older, but not, I mean, 
close to my age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's huge because most entrepreneurs, when they're starting any type of business, it's a passion. Mm -hmm. You know, they like what they're doing. So they want to build a business around it. Um, And you see that so much in farming, too, because most farmers aren't like, I want to farm so I can run a business. You know, they want to farm so they can have their hands in the soil and nourish their community. So, yeah, I think that's just it goes hand in hand anymore. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about how we plant these seeds and how we cultivate. But we're going to talk about even more how to sustain the business. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And um, I think have always thought that's interesting about you and especially maybe because your background and, and how you came into it too, you know, you, you have a different perspective than a lot of farmers that I meet, yeah. which I think we all could use more of those varying perspectives, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, whether you learn it the easy way, whether you learn it the hard way, whether you come into it that way, um, you know, things change and, and adjust. So stick with us here on Shining Bright. We'll be back and we're talking about gracefully pivoting in our business. Hey, this is Margie. Join the journey by calling in and leaving a message with your questions or comments. Anything you want to share goes at 855-776-6147 or record it on your phone and email it to us at info at farmher.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We are back and we're having this graceful pivot discussion. And as Jenny just said off offline, she's coaching. You played basketball. Did you play I basketball did. in high school? Oh. I, I did in college as well. In too. college too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved basketball and my, my son plays it. And um, I know our kids are about the same age. And I, mm-hmm. I have said before, there is a special place in heaven for those who coach young boys in basketball. <laughs> oh, maybe girls too. I, I don't know. Uh, Ava doesn't play. Too. So, mm-hmm. um, You're yeah, so right. it's, it's maybe not the most graceful pivots. In, in <laughs> those, those words don't go hand in hand in second grade boys basketball. <laughs> no, it is like a herd of cats, kind of, that, that kind of know what they're doing, but like, I don't know. Yeah, there's I, that fine balance of like, do you let them double dribble all the time? All the time. Oh, right. You know, like, because then you'd never have a game. Right? No, you'd be stopped <laughs> only the whole time. So much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. Okay. So um, we've been talking about the evolution of, of Dog Patch Urban Gardens and kind of where you're at. And, um, you know, like, I just think this is interesting. Um, you know, you get to a point in a business and you're what, this is your fourth growing season. You're headed mm-hmm. into your fifth growing season. Yeah. And you kind of get to a point where you like, go, okay, what are we doing? And and the way that I can best say it with, with Farm Her is I had to open up my arms super wide mm-hmm. because when you talk about a passion project, like a passion project that had no like real like visibility of sustainability was <laughs> Farm Her in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. But I have always been aware that you have to figure out like how it gets that sustainability. It just was not clear in the beginning. It maybe is a little more clear now, but I mean, it's it's a constant evolution, right? And I think that's the thing about any one business and, and that my eyes are even becoming open to is, is like these uh, skills that you have don't have to just apply to this, right? Like you can pivot into something else and, mm-hmm. and, and you use know, the same skills and experiences. Yeah. And, just because mm-hmm. this piece might be right. changing, it's not a bad thing. And, and so we went through this period last year where, um, we, Oh gosh, gosh, Aaron, we, we kind of had to go through and like when, when we had this major reset, right. Mm-hmm. Then we were like, okay, we got to tell everybody about it. And, right. and what's everyone going to think? And I still don't yeah. really know what everyone thinks, but we had to just kind of get over that. Absolutely. But what we did was we tried to, uh, in person, face-to-face talk to, or, or technology mm-hmm. face-to-face talk mm-hmm. to every person that we've done business with yep. or that they has some great sort of partners stake in, and in some it. type of stake or, yeah. and just say, Hey, we're supporters. here yep. and here's, here's yeah. the deal. And the interesting part about it, as we went through that, uh-huh. everybody, every single one everybody. was like, Oh, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I makes sense. Sometimes you get in your head you. yes. and think about it more uh-huh. than you really need to. I know. I know. Right. Truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So and, yeah. And so you, mm-hmm. you pivot, you adjust and you figure yeah. out what that new path looks like. And, um, for, for me, it had to do with freeing up some of my time to mm-hmm. like, you can only work like a crazy person for so, so long. long yeah. like, like, there's a, some sort of drive behind it at first. And then after a while you're like, well, shit, 
yeah. can't do this can't anymore. Do this. And that's, anymore. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I'm tapped out. Our, yeah. our term is hustle. You know, like anytime you're <laughs> yeah. starting a business, there you have is to that hustle. hustle phase. And that's kind of, that's okay. That's the natural mm-hmm. progression. But now I'm at the point where I don't want to hustle. You anymore. can't sustain really, the hustle yeah, long term. I'm good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, and once you get passionate about something else, that hustle might return. Right. Mm-hmm. But sure. I, I think that's a natural, like it, it's, it's hard for me not to think of it as something bad that's happened. Cause it's not, it's just an evolution. Exactly. Yep. And, um, the, it's I know process, by, yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's just what it is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. by going through that Goldman Sachs program, it, it was very evident that it, it wasn't I, just you. you think that you're in it alone. You are so not yes. like mm-hmm. every small business has some sort of pivoting adjustment mm-hmm. like and even when you think they have it all together no they probably don't just like your parents right like <laughs> they probably don't really know what they're doing yeah what what is posted on social media is not always truth right no no i have this right. interesting um situation where a woman who has a a business that um i became familiar with and like she has her stuff together she is very together she's got a well-functioning business has been around for many years almost two decades and mm-hmm. and um she told me um, on the backside of some things that she needed to change. Uh, you know, it's funny that we all have to get to our breaking point before yep. we can change. Before, yeah. But um, and I was just like, I felt like my jaw was dropping open. Like the whole time, I was like, really. And so, uh, you and I have had this discussion too. You know, like you get to a point where where some things have to change. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. where you guys are at? as we head into 2020, like yeah. you've got some, maybe some pivoting, some adjusting, some definitely like wiggling around. Yeah. That's yeah. Going and, on. and this is kind of, it's exciting. And also like, well, we haven't really like vocalized to many people what we're doing and we're still figuring it all out. So it's also terrifying at yeah. the same time, yeah. you know? Um, and by the way, come on a national program. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody about it. Well, and, and this all comes down to, so my husband and I, we have this successful farm and things are going great. Uh, but there's only so many hours in the day and we have three little boys. So my kids are four, six and eight. And Mm -hmm. I feel like last season was a big aha moment with obviously they're not getting any younger and their summers when they're out of school, I'm the busiest and and we didn't, our schedules didn't align and I didn't want to continue to take them to daycare, hustle them everywhere. And then be farming all the time because yeah. part of the idealism in, in working whether it's real or not mm-hmm. is you can you can be more flexible with your family exactly but you yeah. weren't you weren't feeling that well and you know people think that oh you're a farmer so your kids come to work with you and it's like no I can't get work done with them at the no, farm so yeah no it no, just doesn't I, work when I've worked from home in the past you're like oh so you just can you keep your kids at home like no. no. Yeah. <laughs> that does not work. That's what school and daycare is for That's so right. you can get things done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and so you. it was kind of no. like Eric and I, we just kind of had this heart to heart towards the end of the season. You know, we're reflecting back and looking at what worked, what didn't. And I just kind of... I don't, I don't want to say I hit my breaking point because mm-hmm. that's not the right term, but I was just like, something's got to change. And so mm-hmm. as we started to analyze the business, we basically turned to the numbers and that's what helped yeah. us decide where to go. And we really did a deep dive into the farm stand and the farm stand makes our business money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we know that, but then we started to look at like, we're, we're buying an inventory. So mm-hmm. we have costs of goods sold. And so we started to break down like, okay, how much money are we making on honey? How much are we making on pasta and so on? Really looking at the different. Yeah. Things. And so we were like, oh, okay. We have a lot of loss leaders where we're not losing. We're not gaining. It's just kind of this break even. Okay. And then I started to think, okay, well, I have employees that I managed to run the farm stand. The farm stand was open four days a week. We're paying those employees. I'm dealing with inventory and restocking. And so I'm thinking about all these hours and time spent to the farm stand and yes, we're making money, but not enough to really fully sustain this farm stand. And so it was like the big, the big chomper of yeah, your time. Exactly. Yeah. Time resources. And so then it was like, okay, you know, hypothetically, let's just close the farm stand down. What happens? Well, we lose a big revenue source. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, what, what can we do to still make money? And it was like, oh, well, Des Moines has an amazing farmer's market, the mm-hmm. downtown Des Moines farmer's market. And I was a vendor there in the wintertime. And so, yeah. and we did great. And yep. so now we're, we don't even, applications haven't even started. So we don't even okay. know if we're in on the downtown market. That's my fingers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Say a, a little prayer for us. Uh-huh. But if things work out the way we want them to, we can go to the downtown farmer's market on Saturday morning, just sell our product for, you know, let's say it's a six hour a day commitment mm-hmm. and, and be making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so it's all about time. And then yeah. to go with that, what we're leaning towards is I'm actually not going to be the person with my hands in the soil nearly as much. Mm-hmm. We're basically going to find a farmer to farm our land, yep. but still allow me to run the business, to host our events. Mm-hmm. And we, one thing we didn't talk about, we have an Airbnb on the farm oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, we do. That's right. Uh, so there's, our farm is diversified in our income sources. And so we're just trying to figure out ways to free up my time, mm-hmm. but still allow the farm to be successful. Yeah. Sounds um, so smart. Yeah, it does sound. It makes yep. it makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds. Though. Right, <laughs> right. I and I understand that. And there's a, there is um, a fear to that, right? Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, like taking something that's been successful and um, changing it, right? Yeah. Like where we just had that conversation the other day upstairs in the kitchen. I'm like, oh gosh, I hope we did the right thing. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> but here's the thing: nothing is absolute. Right. And, no. And, um, I think the older I get, the more I learn that, right? Mm -hmm. So stick with us. When we come back, I want to dig in a little bit more about how you did your assessment. everybody. This is Margie Geiler-Alanese from Shining Bright by Farmher. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do. And that is Remodel Works. Check them out at remodelworksdb.com. They're right here in central Iowa. You'll love them. are back on Shining Bright. We are pivoting gracefully. Actually, we're all just sitting still here. But, um, you know, I think like the the bigger discussion is that um, no matter who you are, no matter what you are doing, whether it's a personal situation, whether it's a business situation, and obviously here we're talking about entrepreneurial situations, um, you know, it's okay to step back and look at where you are. uh, Because for me, it was the same thing. It was, I, I... still tell people all the time. I, I had traveled 48 nights up through the first week of April last year. Mm -hmm. Not even a year ago. Yeah. And that was kind of my breaking point. Mm -hmm. And when I actually added those up, that was my, Oh my goodness. So, um, you know, we could have turned some dials and figured out ways to make those events more sustainable, maybe as far as income. But the reality is the amount of time that those take and the resources that those take, even if, like the money had been uh, positive and worth it. I don't know that emotionally and yep. like uh, sustainably it would have yeah. been worth it. So sometimes you you have to look at those changes and, and we will have uh, some version of There's an event something. or yeah. events again, but it, it has to look a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. what you're saying, right? Like you, mm-hmm. it's going to look a little bit different, but people will still get your wonderful greens. Yes, right. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when you guys sat down and you had this heart to heart and you, you kind of went, okay, like something's got to change here a little bit. And, and you started looking at that. Were there certain tools or certain ways that you looked at that? Because I think um, it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, for example, have a budget always, you know, mm-hmm. for farm her that is like a big yearly budget. And I, I watch it and I pay attention to my financials and, and those things. But like when you start feeling like something's off, it's kind of like, now, how do I, like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I dig into this? Yep. You know, and, and that can be a little intimidating, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right. Like seeing the numbers on paper when it's black it's and white, like shining. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, no decision here. I mean, yep. that, that was really the glaring thing for yeah. us. And so, uh, like I keep my books in QuickBooks and yep. I'm good at recording the data, but I'm not good at analyzing, analyzing it. it. Yeah. yeah. And, That's where I would struggle. That's and we're struggle. actually, mm-hmm. uh, going to hire an accountant next year. Yes. That's great it's move. worth it. That's you a know? great move. Yep. And so, and my husband's always harped on me, like, so you have to know your numbers to understand where things are working, where it's not. And I was, I was like, but I, I have them, you know, but yeah, I, I know just, them. Yeah. I know so. with you. I've had so many people be like, you know, your numbers. I'm like, well, they're all right. Like, here I've got in this the numbers document. Yeah. and I do pay an accountant. That was mm-hmm. before I paid myself. I paid the accountant yep. quite honestly, because that I'm not good about getting those things into there. And that is not my strong suit. And mm-hmm. I've always known that. Um, but, but having someone to like, like, and even when I did pay the accountant, like paying attention to what they were sending mm-hmm. back to me yep. wasn't <laughs> maybe what I was always doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Because it's easy to just kind of like, well, this is what I do and I'm going to keep doing it. And you just Mm -hmm. kind of roll with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And with farming, what's great is here in Iowa is there's an off season. And so you get the winter to really focus and regroup. And not every business allows that. Mm -hmm. So uh, really the winter has been where we've really had this kind of aha moment and discovery that we something's got to change. And like I said, it all really for us came down to the numbers and my time. Mm hmm. Uh, because what what we really discovered was we could eliminate the farm and we could just have our property. We've got this great brand. We could do our Airbnb mm-hmm. and we could do our events and essentially make the same amount of money that we did without me working 50 hours a week in the summer and without the farm. Yeah. Now, our farm is more than just money. You right. know, like we, we love the community. We love what we're doing for the soil. We love providing food. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we just want to mm-hmm. be done with the land. And so kind of our new progression is um, we're basically going to, I don't even know if hire is the right term. We're, we're looking at this farmer to basically run his own operation on our land. Mm-hmm. Partner. We're partner. partner. Yeah, partner. no, that's Partnering. a great term. Yeah. yeah. So we're, um, we're in talks with this guy right now and hopefully we can solidify things within the next week. Uh, but he's basically going to be renting our tools in our land mm-hmm. and he gets to use our brand. So, I mean, it's a win-win because yeah. uh, he's a brand new farmer, mm-hmm. but he's going to be doing business as Dogpatch Urban Gardens. Uh, so, and, and I still have time to be his mentor and be in the field with him, but I don't have to spend 50 hours a week in the mm-hmm. field because yep. I don't want to be done farming. I really love it. You know, there's yeah. a reason I got into it. Um, and then our events, we absolutely love doing them. Yep. And we, you do those? Yeah. You put on the events? Yep. yep. And so... It doesn't and w- like, uh, uh, like that lets all of the water out of my cup when, <laughs> when we do events, but you love these. Well, see, yeah. in our events, they're, and when I say events, really, it's these dinners. Yeah. And so uh, last season we did four and it's, uh, we bring on a chef out to our land yeah. oh, and these so are cool. chefs that I work with and have yeah. personal mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. with and they buy our food. So they basically formulate, the they formulate mm-hmm. a meal because we have a commercial kitchen so they can make it at the farm and it's whatever's fresh and in season. And people love them. And so, yeah. and Eric and I, we love hosting parties. Yeah, right, It's so just like having a dinner party. Let's host a right? party at the farm. Yeah. yeah. And so that's been great. And we, we host 40 people yeah, per I was going to ask how many? 40 yeah. people? Yep. 40s. And like individual tickets or are mm-hmm. they private events? Yep. yep. Or? Individual okay. tickets. We just sold them through our website last year. They all sold out. I want to um, come. Yeah, no, I think I tried to get you in yeah, on one. You did it was a, a like, <laughs> Total, like we, it was like a of. Sunday or something, yeah. wasn't it? And I we couldn't yeah. like come that. We night. had someone cancel oh, and was like, "Oh yeah, uh, Margie, get out here." No, <laughs> I would have loved it. Yep. I'm, if you're going to have another one this year, I'll have to put yes. one of those dates on my calendar. We will. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's all about finding those those areas that you can function within mm-hmm. and sustainably, um, you know, in in the long run. Exactly. For yep. sure. For sure. So uh, gracefully pivoting. I, I think this is interesting. So the like uh, you ran reports, pulled them out of QuickBooks mm-hmm. and you could just it, it's a lot of it is just taking the time to sit down and and probably having Eric there with you. Yes. Yeah. A little I bit of accountability. Like I yeah. am the same. Like as we look at our farm numbers and stuff, it, I know all the numbers, but that's it. I know. Mm-hmm. And so I, my, my brain doesn't work that way. I, maybe it could. It can be hard. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to force <laughs> I'm myself. Sure. I'm just going to stay in my lane and my own strengths. But. Yeah. I do think, yeah. I, I do think that there's some value to attending a class or yes. taking, like pushing yourself mm-hmm. a little bit outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone because yeah. those like, for me, I then became held accountable for looking at those things. I'm like, Oh, this is my homework. And if I don't do it, then I'm going to have to answer to somebody. So I will look at this with like a real discerning eye Mm -hmm. and then like force myself to pay attention to something that I didn't like. like It it wasn't like things were going to come crashing down. It just was like, when you look at it all, it just becomes so much more. Yeah. Well, and to piggyback with that, we do an annual meeting with the greater Des Moines partnership um, and they offer business consulting. Mm -hmm. And just to get someone else's eyes on what you're doing, uh, cause, cause Eric and I, like Eric's got a great business sense, but we didn't always mesh when we were talking about the business husband, wife, you know, just like a different dynamic. So when we had an outsider looking in, that was really helpful for us. She'd ask the right questions and allow us to look at it from a different scope. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a free service here in Des Moines. So, and I'm sure there there's places like that everywhere. And that's the, the, the Des Moines partnership is like the equivalent to like a chamber, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially like Mm -hmm. in, in your small town, if you've got 
like a, a business organization like that, that you can tap into, or sometimes it's um like the Goldman Sachs thing that came up through DMAC, which is a Des Moines area community college. So sometimes community colleges have those types of programs. I mean, if, if you really want to, you can find a program out somewhere, yeah. even if it's online, right? Exactly. Yeah, but yep. you, you kind of have to want to, cause it's like, a you're going to have to hold a mirror up <laughs> in front of, <laughs> it's of, a commitment and, and tough decisions. Like it's never, ever easy to make a change. Mm-hmm. Right. Because even if it right now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at my calendar. It looks so much better. I uh-huh. feel like I can breathe. Something must be wrong. I, must I, be I wrong. Know. And then yeah. you're like trying to fill it up. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, that's like, what I'm trying not to do. Uh, yeah. Uh. OK, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story of pivoting with us. Um, how can people find you, find out more about the farm, your events, those things? Yeah. So Dog Patch Urban Gardens is the farm name and that's our web address as well. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Check it out. I have a feeling that you won't be sad if you get a chance to attend one of her events. Like hopefully I'll get to uh, yeah. this year. You will. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> OK. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us on Shining Bright. We'll be back in just a little bit. Hey guys, this is Margie from Farm Her. I want to remind you all that we have some really fun, functional, cute merchandise out on our store at farmher.com. And fall has arrived in the Farm Her market. We've got some new sweatshirts, hoodies, one of my favorite windbreakers out there. So check it out at farmher.com. And while you're there, be sure to use the code SHININGBRIGHT and save 10% just for our listeners. Hey, this is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. We are back and we are still gracefully or non-gracefully pivoting around here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, I I love Jenny's story. Um, you know, she's somebody that kind of bubbled up into our world, of course, through Farm Her yeah. uh, being local. And um, I've always appreciated that she um, brings a very business focused mindset. Yes. You know, like it doesn't... So she's able to make decisions without so much emotion. Well, and she, she just talked about two things. It was, it was the numbers Mm -hmm. and what else did she say? The time, the time time and the numbers, they were glaring. And so it makes your decisions really easy if you just look at those things. It does. And, and Mm -hmm. um, let me give you like a little insight into how I, I delved into that. So it sounded very familiar to me as I was listening to her talk. numbers and the time, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so like, just to, to recap 2019, right. Um, An intense amount of traveling. We had five events, ticketed events that we hosted um, in different States around the country up through the first week of April. And so it was crazy. Um, yeah. And, um, but, but, you know, it happened and we impacted, um, a lot of people and we were able to, to do a reminder of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's good in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, not connected, but, um, you know, like, I'm so glad that it happened the way it did. I found myself in a business class through Goldman Sachs that was um, hosted at our local community college, but it's a national program. And, um, you know, kind of wondering, do I need this? Uh, yeah. What, like, what am I doing Why here? Am I doing this? Because, am I sure yeah, like I things were this? taken away. We had, yeah. we had an office. We had, yep. gosh, we had like seven employees at, right. at that point. And, and, or six, whatever. Anyway, a lot more than we have now. <laughs> and 
So, you know, it was it was kind of just a whole bunch of things had bubbled to a point where where I was out of time and mm-hmm. I was feeling very tapped out mm-hmm. already, like mm-hmm. in April. And I kept mm-hmm. like every night we'd sit here and I'd be like, I just got to get through this next few months. I just got to get through yeah. these next few months. Like You can't say it, that forever. Like, no, no. And it was um, like stress wise, uh-huh. uh, money wise with mm-hmm. the company. Yeah. It was uh, just time wise, like yeah. just like whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all of it. And so I found myself in this program and... Uh, a large part of the program, because surprise, all business owners struggle with this, or most yeah. business owners, was uh, how to look at your finances differently. And so right away, it became clear to me. So I I have always outsourced my accounting. I, our books are yeah, those. I remember when I sat, when you, when you sat on a panel at the Chrysalis Conversations, yeah. that was one of the things you said then. I, yeah. I always say that because I, I literally like, did I pay just, them like two years before yep, I paid before myself. Paid yourself. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah. you know, like know what you're good at. And, and yeah. I have a really great accountant that I trust. Mm-hmm. And so I like handed that off yeah. and um, it's money well spent to be able to um, kind of separate myself from it. But the, the danger in that is you're separated from it. Yeah. You know, so you're not, your hands aren't in it all the time. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while my books were very, like everything was there, everything, I had all the reports I could want. I wasn't like really assessing those in different ways. And, and it kind of forced me to look at our business and go, okay, wh- what are we? We are events, mm-hmm. we are merchandise and we are media. And so you kind of have three different businesses in one or three different like pillars, right? Yeah. And so what I what I had to do and I did not want to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause you, you have like this weekly homework in this class. And mm-hmm. it was like, I'm going to have to go back and recast my financials and look at all Every those areas and separate area. out yeah. what, what was media, what was merchandise, just so I could better understand what yeah. was even happening. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm making decisions in the dark mm-hmm. based on emotion which that's one piece, right? It, it should. It's a piece, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I did, and I won't. I won't forget it. We were driving home from somewhere. I was in the car working, which is super normal for me, sitting in the passenger seat, and On your laptop. Yeah, thank goodness for a, a mobile hotspot. Uh huh. And um, I like got it all plugged in, like while we were driving, and I was just looking at it, and I was like, "This is not what I thought." Um, and the reality was that, you know, uh, one piece was taking up a lot of that time, effort, energy, and providing very little in return on the other side. And, and so like in giving that up, you give up, um, you know, some of the, the visibility that goes along with those and some of the, the good that we can do. And, and Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of people who are very sad about those events not occurring Mm -hmm. this year. Um, and we're sad about it too, right? right? Like we, right. they're great. And and we're going to figure out what those look like reborn at some point, at some point. more mm-hmm. to come on that. Right. Um, but it, it is going to look different, you know, and, and that's okay. Like that it is okay. That's it. So you walked through this process with me as uh-huh. we went through this change and um, communicating that out. Mm-hmm. And Which I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. We had a plan. Yeah. And I, absolutely. I, I think it worked out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear clicking in the background? That is Amiga. Amiga the dog. We didn't close the door and she came into the studio. So um, anyway, uh, she's, she, gone, she's now. gone now. She needs her she needs her toenails clipped in the worst way, but whatever. Um, anyway, so I lost track. I'm thinking about dog yeah, toenails. So walk through this cutting process. the dog's toenails. Oh, yeah, it's not. I I leave that job for somebody else. I made her toenail bleed. Oh, I know. You get the quick and then you're in trouble. Yeah. And yep. it wouldn't stop. And then you feel panicked and uh-huh. she feels panicked and it was oh. like not cool. So now I'm like, no one's cutting up. Nope. <laughs> Just avoid it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Off track, off yeah. subject here. But anyway. About communicating all yeah. the changes. Yeah. That's where we're at. And mm-hmm. I think that was part of that graceful pivoting and not avoiding it. Yes. Like just like head on, like, yeah. here's where we are. Communicate We're it. not perfect. No. This is the road we've been running down mm-hmm. and it's going to have mm-hmm. to change. Yep. And nobody, nobody faulted us for it. Well, at least did. to our faces. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, <laughs> we had good, fe- it was good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody is like, yeah, and of course. So we're headed into 2020 with a bit of a different look at events. So yeah. people, I, I've had a couple people say, so wait, you're not going to do any events anymore. I'm like, Oh, well, we're not going to do our own to. ticketed ones, but guess what? I have a full lineup of huh? events that I'm going to be at. Yes. So 
um, if you, your organization, your people, your region, your if you put on your own event for your own people, which so many people do, there's, like there's so yeah, many events in agriculture. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and um, you do a good job at it. You know what you need. You know your community, and so I have a, a steady stream of those where mm-hmm. I get to go share. Uh, my story, what what share I've been through, share the stories of the, yep, mm-hmm. the stories of the women that I meet um, through video, through uh, photos, and so yeah, like that. That I am. I'm going to be at a lot of events this year. I'm just not going to be. You're just not uh, hosting them. them. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's the difference. So if um, you can always head over to our website and um, check out on our events. Is that is that even a thing anymore? Maybe I'm wrong. No. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's not a pay attention anymore. on Facebook. But follow, yeah. Scratch yeah. that. We'll let you know <laughs> where so, we're going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, on Facebook, you'll see it. If you get mm-hmm. our Friday emails, you'll see you'll where see we're going to be. Um, you know, we we are making our way around, and so there is that. And so with that, I'm I'm gonna uh, we're we're heading to break here, but we have an event coming up that I'm really excited about. I am too. Uh, it's not our event. It's not our event, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Uh, yeah. So it's called WOCO. Uh-huh. It's a women's conference. Yep. I- Iowa women's conference, right? Yep. yep. And so, um, but here's the interesting thing. WOCO for short. WOCO. Yep. WOCOIowa.com is the website. And um, it's to educate, inspire, and entertain, which is a lot of like, we, we, don't usually put educate at the beginning of what we do with our stuff at Farmher. Right. We want to inspire we you. Inspire, we yeah. want to provide you a little bit of education, hopefully some entertainment and enjoyment yes. along the way. And so it felt like the right fit. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Woco. Woco. So stick with us. We'll be right back, wrapping it up on Shining Bright. Hey, this is Melissa with Tenriff Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. We are wrapping up this episode. We have, uh, again, talked about gracefully pivoting. And so what I want you all to hear and know in this uh, wrap up is that you are not alone if things are somewhat of a shit show behind the scenes. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, in in most lives. It's normal. In most businesses, mm-hmm. there there is some degree of that. And uh, what I wish for you all this year is the ability to step back and look with maybe like a, a little bit of a, a discerning eye at, at what you're doing and pay attention to what's working and what's not. And if you don't feel like you have the tools to do that, reach out to someone around you. Right. right? Go go to an Annie's Project uh-huh. class in your area. Go small to- business office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the Small Business Administration. Mm-hmm. Go to your community- um, Extension. Yeah. Extension, uh-huh. c- community college. Like yeah. there are, there are going to be resources. Yeah. And here's what I have learned in this windy path is that no one of those resources like made it all work. No single one of those resources like- fixed the problem, but it gave me like the confidence, the pieces, the parts, pieces, to just parts and pieces start to figure it out. Extra, extra information and resources. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Pay an accountant and <laughs> to do yes. the work that you don't want to do. Like or the things you know, you're not good at. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't want to do because it made Consider it some of that. It did mm-hmm. make it a lot easier. I will say the fact that I had good books, yeah. even though I hadn't kept them myself. Yeah to do all of that financial Analyze everything. work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there were people in the class that did not have, they were like, when I say I had to recast mine, like that was maybe like a day's worth of work where right. they had like they had weeks like, of work to like- To bring it fix. all together and organize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's never where you want to be. No. So 
Um, okay, so WOCO yes. is this event that it is uh, coming up. It's in Iowa. It's in March. March 4th. March 4th. And they have a, a, a healthy lineup of all different types of women mm-hmm. who, um, from entrepreneurs, from um, like health, health, yeah, like uh, fashion, everything, mm-hmm, like, like everything. lots of different yeah. areas. And it's mm-hmm. a brand new event and it is going to inspire, educate and entertain us. Uh-huh. We'll try to be entertaining when we're there. <laughs> I'm going to sit on a panel with, you have heard um, uh, Megan, um, oh, Megan McKay, Megan I'm McKay. sorry, uh, mm-hmm. from Peace Tree Brewing. She's been on our radio show before. She's someone that I look up to in this area. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be on this panel. Like, I'm excited to be on it with her. Yep. Um, it's it's uh, women entrepreneurs. And yeah. And the of name of... Your actual panel is Beers, Birds, and Bins. Oh, oh, good. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the it's Margie and then Megan, um, Christina Moffat. Yep, Christina Moffat, who's also been. Uh-huh. Can you tell that? Like, I, I was excited to get involved well, with this because yeah, these we, women that these I look women, up to, absolutely. In this area. Christina Moffat's been on our show. I she has work for the small business development center. She's a part of the, she's a part of like everything business wise, but she always helps me. Like if I tell her like something crazy that's going on, she gets out her notepad and she's like, well, let's just like figure this out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, gosh, I love you. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, And then Whitney Warren, who is um, Ivory House Photography. Okay. Another photographer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Christina's moderating it. Uh And then we're going to share and Margie. our entrepreneurial journeys, yep. right? Yep. Um, but there's all all types of different stuff. I mean, there a big focus yeah. of theirs is work life balance, which it we've is. talked about a lot on the show. You know, balance. I don't know if it's always the right word. I've heard people say blend. I think Katie I, says that. I think it's a blend. I don't try to strive for any type of balance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually the, it just it gets slightly out of whack. Try to be like present where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, but it said more than fifty percent. Of women find it stressful to maintain that balance, and yes. it like whether it's it a blend, wh- whatever it is, like there's always some stress in it. Yeah, I mean, no matter who you are, I, right. I agree with and that. whatever you want to call it. And it so is stressful. Th- I don't think this uh, conference is going to tell you how to fix that. I think no. it's going to just say like we're you... all in this boat together, yes. and let's and laugh here's about maybe it. Some let's, resources. Yeah, let, let's talk about our diets. Let's mm-hmm. talk about yep. Um, and Joey, Joey Beach will be there too. Yes. Gosh, so many people. Joey Beach wrote a girl's guide to personal finance. She was on our uh, radio show as well, which is a great book to check out if you haven't yet. That's on Amazon, a girl's guide to personal finance. We love it. And um, so yeah, WOCO again, W-O-C-O-I-O-W-A.com is the website. You can see more about it. Registration is open. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pumped to be there. And I think that, um, like even if I wasn't speaking, it would be something that I would be I would, very intrigued I would, about going to. I would agree with that. And it's one day, you know. Yeah. So um I would agree with that. I think it's I think they've done a nice job of pulling together some really relevant stuff. Yeah. Bethany Frankel is gonna be oh, yeah. one of the keynote speakers and mm-hmm. and um I, d- I never watched the Housewives show, but oh. I can tell you I totally um admire her brand. Yes. Right. Like she built a, yep. a big brand. Anyway, thank you, great. you guys. This has been uh, a fun and real episode to talk about how things change and how we can all move forward. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM's Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. And now, go shine bright.